hash mark angle to the left for Adam Vinatieri. 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good! It's good! It's good! Out in the ninth inning, here on the banks of the Mississippi River, the Red Sox need one more out. Swing a ground ball. Welcome to episode 25 of the Loudest Sports Show, brought to you by the Dorkening Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. I'm your host, Patrick Rahal, and joining me, as always, is Slashes Von Nightmare. Or Slashes the Ice Queen. Von Nightmare. Different show, buddy. Listen, <laughs> I can't be expected to keep track of all your various personalities. You're lucky I didn't, like, dive into your 47 different nicknames. Well, first of all, if you would stop giving me nicknames, I wouldn't I have as many. I don't give them all to you. And second of all, second of you all, have nothing. notes. You have no, You have a complete layout for this episode. Yeah, except I didn't so, write your name. It just well, says... Well, whose fault is that, Jesus. Patsy? Jesus. G- Jesus. You're, the answer you're is Jesus. Jesus. Now, what's the question? You've seen those bumper stickers? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'll everybody always, everybody always thanks Jesus after they score a touchdown, but nobody ever thanks him up like, oh, the good Lord tripped me out behind the line of scrimmage. Praise Jeebus. <laughs> nobody ever says that. Oh, I fouled the ball off my foot. You know, Lord, Lord be praised. I don't know. What, what do people say when they do stuff? What is that voice? That's, that's my uh, conservative Christian. Lord be praised. Hallelujah. Happy happy birthday, Jesus. Kind of sound like Ned Flanders a little bit. Ah, uh, deadly. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a white wine spritzer? Spritzer, spritzer, spritzer. Oh, yeah. I'm not, then I'll end up marrying a cocktail waitress from Las Vegas. So we are here uh, a little later than we had planned, but uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Life, sure. am I right? Yeah. Well, there's also been a lot of stuff going on. We wanted to cover it. Like, we wanted to talk about the first outdoor game. And then they postponed half of uh, two thirds of it till midnight last night. It was the first like late night outdoor pond hockey at night game. The first two goals were scored exactly nine hours apart, like, like to the second. That's crazy. That's probably the longest NHL game in history. Yeah, that has to be something. So, so not only being, I believe, the first hockey game played. Oh, I was just say an NHL game played so late. Mm. I mean, I know that maybe in the Arctic Circle where the sun never sets. Well, I, I know that you know some games go into multiple overtimes. I'm looking at you playoffs last year. Oh, Columbus and in uh, Tampa, right? That's um, six overtime game. Jesus. But I don't know if it's if it went as as long as 
No, it was not nine hours. No, no. So this was this was crazy. Um, You know, one thing that they didn't really take into consideration when, you know, trying to do pond hockey, the great outdoors at Tahoe was the fact that the sun could be. yeah, Yeah, the sun shines and will be in your eyes. Well, that's not what it was. It was the ice condition. So I'm guessing what happened was the, the, it's the the sun melted the ice. Yeah, because the sun was being even though it's cold out, the sun was being magnified through all the plastic acting as a lens. Yes. And and they didn't take that into consideration. But also, like the players couldn't see. And that was a thing. Like the players yeah, were having difficult, was, you know, with with visibility. And that's something that we've talked about in the past when we talked about our, uh, you know, the why they just don't do a bunch of outdoor games all the time for uh, for the NHL. I mean, like in theory, it sounds great. It sounds fun. You know, kind of getting back to the roots of hockey. You know, a lot of these NHL players grew up playing ice hockey, well, like they, pond hockey. You know, in their backyard. The the one dude for. Uh, for Vegas there, I think it was, when they were showing him and his and his uh, uh, younger brother and sister, yeah. you know, all playing pond hockey on the rink that their dad built. And they're, you know, all the, all the neighborhood dads right? sitting around a fire pounding, you know, you know, Labatt Blue or and whatever that's, it was. You know, and that's not an uncommon thing, especially up in Canada. Yeah. Or, you know, in uh, the, the north. The, the nor- northern Maine, part Minnesota, of the Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's really not uncommon. So it was kind of like, in theory, it is such a cool idea. But in actuality... Yeah, in practice, uh, it doesn't work know, quite it, as well. It, it, exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, that's why we're uh, a couple days late on this, because we were like, oh, let's talk about this one. We can close, you know, close the week with this one, and we can open the week with the Bruins game and... Uh, the Bruins are not playing until 7.30 Eastern Time We were supposed to play at 2, then it evening. got moved to 3, then it got moved to 7, then it got moved to 7.30. Uh, so hopefully by then, because that's, you know, 5.30 Lake Tahoe time, yeah, know, so 7.30 Eastern. They're hoping that by that point they can... Uh, it'll be dark. Right. It'll They'll be able to... The sun will be down. It won't be anyone... Like, it won't be on the horizon in anyone's face. Right. It'll kind of resolve the issues that you they know, had, had yesterday. Had they been really thinking about it they would have you know in the and they if they had the room because you know showing the the area that they made this rink was actually kind of nice but if they had the ability you know not make either end of the rink faced east or west have it on like a north south thing but then you have it you know coming out of the corner of your eye and blinding you like. well and not only that uh, they set it up in that one specific spot because they really wanted like the... well there are two rinks there's the practice rank yes and then there's the game rank right but they they were really kind of going for that ambiance like they wanted the picturesque scene in the background and i think what they were hoping for was like to get a little bit of like that sunset in the background of this hockey game like again in theory that sounds amazing that sounds gorgeous playing hockey as the sun is setting this beautiful setting you know, but, you know, in, in, in practice, it was just it just wasn't feasible. And I'm impressed that these guys could stay warmed up for that long. Yeah. You know, because I know a lot of them have a pregame ritual. You know, obviously they have skate beforehand and they get themselves all warmed up. And some of them have really specific pregame rituals that they do. And, you know, you get into this mindset of, of the game 
And then to have the game postponed like that. And it wasn't just like, a, we're going to postpone it for a couple of hours. It was... Yeah. It, yeah, it's not like we're going to postpone it for a half hour due to ice conditions. It was like six, seven hours things. before they got you know, back on the ice. Oh, I mean, nine hours. Well, no, it was nine hours right, in between, between goals, goals right, but, but it, it was like it was six like, or like, seven like, hours in between getting back on the right, ice. Right, right. So the fact that they were able to, you know, maintain their legs, you know what I'm trying to say? Like You stay in game, stay in game ready mentality because w- what we were watching, because we watched the second period last night. Uh, and there was a lot of like back and forth, back and like the goal by uh, McKinnon last night was fucking ridiculous. But the uh, you know the passing was so sharp and like the skating was so crisp. Um, it's weird. It's just you know, you know you have to get into game, get, get game ready. You know, get all all hyped up, ready to go. You play one period, and then instead of having a, a you know ten fifteen minute break, now you're having a six seven hour break. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they got ready to play an abbreviated game. You know, I, I mean, it would be similar to I'm playing a game late that went into, you know, late overtime, and then we have, a, a like, a 10 o'clock game or whatever the next day. I don't know. But, you know, they were able to do it. They're pros. But uh, we're going to get into more of the hockey stuff a little la- little later on. But uh, we have our opening face-off question, you know. Uh, but we did want to talk about that, you know, that game last night because it was wild. Um so our opening face-off question tonight is, who is someone you rooted against when they played your team but rooted for when they played somebody else? And I'm going to kind of preface this by saying I've never rooted for um, for Derek Jeter because I can't root for the Yankees. Um, I have uh, very rarely I, – I find it difficult. There's usually you know a couple of players on a team that – it's like, man, I really don't want either one of them to win. And I mentioned this about the Super Bowl where I didn't want Tyreek Hill and I didn't want Antonio Brown or or, or uh, Indomitian Sue to get a Super Bowl ring. But, you know, somebody had to win that game. So, um, but there are a couple. Um, the Blackhawks, uh, I really like uh, Jonathan Taves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would root for them as long as they weren't playing against um, – against uh who's it there the doodles the doodles the guys who who do stuff yeah yeah sorry my brain is melting from watching hockey the sun yeah that's the sun got in my eyes we're gonna have to reschedule till uh nine hours from now we'll we'll take a break and come back and uh start the second segment nine hours from now but a guy like jonathan taves is somebody that i would i would root against i still uh i did root for the predators uh, a few years ago when they had P.K. Subban because as soon as Subban left Montreal, he stopped playing like a Canadian. And I really like his game. I think he's an awesome player. And, mm-hmm. you know, off the ice, he's a stand-up guy as well. Uh, so I, I, I can root for him. Um, yeah, there's a few. There's a few guys. Uh, but how about you? So uh, a couple of different people kind of like different instances come to mind um the first is patrice bergeron when he plays for team canada for the olympics against the usa um it's obviously everyone knows out there i think it's common knowledge at this point that i'm madly in love with patrice bergeron i want to be a second wife i think he is one of the best players we've seen play the game I think he's just phenomenal. He's a phenomenal player. But, you know, obviously I'm rooting for Team USA. 
But it's really hard to root against Team Canada because, you know, there's there are so many players who, you know, not only from my own team, the Bruins, but from other really great teams as well. So it, it's it's difficult and it's hard. Like Jonathan and, Taves. Well, no, and, <laughs> and it's difficult sometimes rooting for your team because uh, they have players on there like fucking Phil Kessel. Yeah. It was really difficult trying to... Uh, divorce my feelings for some of these players to root for them on the team. And Phil Kessel was one of them. So, you know, the fact that I was rooting for Phil Kessel uh, in Team USA garb while rooting against Patrice Bergeron representing, you know, Team Canada just broke what my do, heart. What does Herb say? The name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the name on the back. Yes. So that is true. But, you know, when you create this uh, this allegiance to certain players, you know, in that type of, of setting, it just, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, once they, they, they won, uh, Team Canada anyways, you know, it became a lot more... Uh, once the U.S. was out of the competition, obviously, it becomes easier to cheer for the other team um but some specific players who i absolutely enjoy watching just not when they're playing my team alex ovechkin i love watching him play hockey i could watch him play hockey all day i think he's a phenomenal skater he's a great playmaker obviously he's just he a scores, fucking monster yeah right like he he's and he'll such hit a, the shit out of well, you well and that's the thing like he's such a veteran of the game he knows what he's doing but at the same time he's not afraid to get physical my favorite was the guy that that tried to start a fight with him last year in the playoffs and he fucking concussed him and like he's so <laughs> goofy looking he is not a handsome man no but like he's there's some Something so lovable but about him. But I'm sure him. he has his choice of any woman in Russia. Oh, he's happily married. Yeah, like, but you to know, a beautiful, beautiful woman, yeah, like a non-male <laughs> order Russian bride. Correct. Yes. Like um, they just lined up in in uh, in uh, Saint Petersburg waiting for him. You know, another player. I mean, it, it, one of Ovechkin's teammates on the Capitals is T.J. Oshie. Yeah, that's your. And partially you, because I just really like saying Oshie. That's a really fun last name. Plus but he's good. He's a great player as well, and he, he has some, uh, you know, chemistry with. He, he often plays on a line with Ovechkin. Yeah, they play. So they you play know, there, there's some chemistry there, and it's just a really fun line to to watch. Kind of like you know, I know a lot of people like watching the Bruins and the perfection line um you know because it's just fun to watch there there's a great dynamic there and they make shit happen you know yeah. if you want to watch good hockey watch alex ovechkin another one that comes to mind is yaramir yager the yager the yager uh who played for the bruins for what like a season yeah one year um and half 2013 it, it, yeah and you he know he was on that that stanley cup team and he uh, he was just a, a, a fun guy to watch. I had the opportunity to see him. Actually, he was playing for the Capitals, I believe, when we saw him a few years ago. Florida. Was it Florida? Florida. Florida. Um, you know, another guy who is easy to root for is Joe Thornton. Yeah, even though he's playing for Toronto right now. You know, I mean, and then you have the the, the – 
players who used to be on your team and then go someplace else. Blake like, Wheeler and Michael Ryder. Right? Johnny Boychuk was another one who I still enjoyed watching. And uh, Andy Ference when he was the capital of the uh, capital captain of the Edmonton Oilers. And Sean Thornton when he went down to Florida. Yep. You know, like you, you find that you have a special place in your heart for these players. And, you know, the fact that they're not playing for your team, like you still find yourself rooting for them. Obviously not when they're playing. Like, you know, Char is another guy. You know, I, yeah. I didn't like it, you know, watching him play for a team with opposing colors. But, you know, I'm still going to root for him. Again, I, apparently I just really like the Capitals. Um, you know, that's your secondary team. Apparently. We do have a Capitals jersey that's going to end up in a frame. Philip Grubauer, who is currently the uh, the goalie for Colorado. Yes, the Avalanche, who won last night. Yeah, they won 3-2. to two. But, you know, it's uh, – and then again – I my alliances are shaken up, you know, so obviously I follow my team throughout the playoffs, but if my team does not go as far as I hope, I usually find myself rooting for somebody else. Yeah, partially because I just fucking love I playoff vote, hockey. I generally will will root for if my team's not in it and in the NFL it's their Raiders haven't been in it for many years, but I will generally root for storylines. Or mm, there the are no, just uh, what I think is an interesting storyline. Like, you know, say the Sharks were going to play the Bruins. I'd be like, oh, this would be great. You know, if it was like the Sharks and the uh, the Golden Knights, you know, it's like, oh, you could have, you know, Malcolm Subban, who used to play for the Bruins, or Joe Thornton, who used to play for the Bruins. You know, like mm -hmm. those types of lineups where it's like, okay, you know, this guy could play for that team. Like, you know, had Tom Brady played against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, like – that would have been crazy. You know, shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I, I like those interesting storylines or like, you know, these two guys, you know, just hate each other. Like any time Detroit and the Avalanche would play each other back Ugh. in the day. Yeah. Oh, I remember watching 1998 when they had a an absolute line brawl and Chris Osgood and Patrick Waugh came to center ice and just beat the shit out of each other. Like so good. So good. Um, so stuff like that. Like if there are certain players I like, you know, you like know, you're and, saying. And I hate to admit it. I, he's not a person I, I root for. Um, and honestly, I really just don't like his face. But he is really, he plays some really entertaining hockey. It's Sidney Crosby. Yeah, he's really good. You know, He's like really if you want to watch somebody who knows what they're doing, who's, you know, been in the sport for a while, but still like he's still young. You know, he still has a lot of career left. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Sidney Crosby. But again, I, I don't like his face. I hate him. But at the same time, I really enjoy watching him. Well, he's one Just of those... when he's not playing against my team. Yeah. Um, although I did like watching him a couple of years ago. Uh, um, I say a couple. 2013. When we tried to get a Ginla, and a Ginla was like, I'm not going to the Bruins. I'll go to the Penguins. And the Bruins fucking swept them right out of the playoffs. Yeah. En route to going to the Stanley Cup and eventually losing in six. But because uh, I, I remember that confrontation he had with Chara, where Chara like bent over to, in order to get like face to face with him because Crosby's like 5'10 yeah. and Chara's like 6'10. Like, no. <laughs> and Chara has to like. 
scrunch down like you're talking to a toddler, like scrunch down like no no no, <laughs> not today. Yeah, doing a doing a great Dikembe Mutombo impression. Um, there are a few other guys that you know, like. You know, I've had the opposite feeling, like when Marcus Allen left the Raiders to go to the Chiefs. I was like, I'm not rooting for this guy. But, like, there there were just certain guys that you're just like, man, I hope that, like, Barry Sanders. I always rooted for Barry Sanders. Um, you know, some of my favorite players of all time. Charles Woodson left the Raiders, uh, went to the Packers, got defensive player of the year. But I was still, I'm, I'm a huge Charles Woodson fan, and I loved the fact that he ended up winning uh, a Super Bowl, and then he came back. Um, and I remember one of his last games; they were playing the uh, the Raiders were playing the Broncos, and of all the active quarterbacks in the league, the only one that he had never intercepted was Peyton Manning, and he got two picks off Peyton Manning in that game, and it was awesome. Now they're bo- they both went into the Hall of Fame together. Mm-hmm. This year, they just both went into the Hall of Fame. Well, we and, and you just mentioned another one too, Peyton Manning was you know especially when his career was hot was really fun to watch mm-hmm. yeah just you know never if i found Brady. i found myself you know rooting for him at times he was really likable such a fucking doofus like uh, yes yes i mean he really was although he was really good on uh saturday night live when he was like playing football with the kids and he's like come on kids let's play and like he's like throwing the ball and the kid misses he's like oh my god what's wrong with you and he's like yelling at him and shit it was kind of funny um, but yeah, stuff like that, you know, like I'll, even if somebody leaves my team, you know, uh, or it's even better when somebody who you've been rooting for for many years finally Joins comes to your team. team. Yes. Like when Rod Woodson went to the Raiders, Rod Woodson's like my all time favorite football player. And when he finally came any, to any the Raiders. Any relation to Charles? No, they're not related, which is nuts. But Charles and Rod both played together in the Super Bowl against the uh, Buccaneers. Um, Rod did win the Super Bowl a uh, couple years prior with uh, Baltimore, that ridiculous Baltimore defense. Um, but yeah, it was. It's really cool to see certain guys. I mean, and like you're saying, like if Bergeron ended up going to another team, you would get a Bergeron jersey for that team. Oh yeah, I would never stop rooting for. You gotta him get you a Capitals jersey. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just because he uh, he's playing for somebody else, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to retire. No, he's going to retire a Bruin. Like They'll do everything you know, they can to make right, sure that happens. Right. And you know, lastly, just kind of throwing this out there because he kind of fits, but kind of doesn't. I love gritty. Gritty is not my mascot. He's not the mascot of the Bruins. He's the mascot of the Flyers. But I fucking love this guy. Everybody loves Gritty. Gritty's, I, Gritty if should you, lace up tonight. If you are not following Gritty on Instagram, you are doing yourself a disservice. He is fucking hilarious. And, and, and he's had, you know, full reign of the uh, arena. They, they've Get, yeah. he's been doing all of this fun, crazy, like having nude, paint draw, nude me like paintings. one of your French girls. Yeah, he did a nude painting recently. You know, backflips into a ball pit and shit just to kind of, you know, hype the people up at home. Things that he maybe necessarily wouldn't be able to do um, if they were fans. If they were fans there so like he's doing these dance like he's just hilarious he's so great this big demonic muppet on skates gritty is like like, everyone wants gritty to be their mascot yeah he's the absolute best 
He's like, so good. He came on the scene, and we're just like, what the fuck is, is this? People and, were so and then confused. By the end of the season, everyone loved him. Everyone. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's like a, uh, you if can't... you're on social media, he's a must follow along with like the Wendy's Twitter account. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, Gritty, that good. and Gritty will roast you too. Oh, yeah. Like, Gritty does not play, but yeah, it's, it's hilarious. He's so great. So, that's a pretty good spot to uh, take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to get into the news of the week, uh, starting with NHL, then uh, hop on over to Major League Baseball, then we'll hit the NBA, and then uh, we got we do have a little bit of uh, NFL news, some uh, big moves, uh, one that happened right after we recorded last week, so uh, we're going to have to get into that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, <coughs> it's scary. And first run of one timer, St. Rimmer, rebound loose at the top of the crease, Rashad score! Bergeron! Bergeron! In game seven, and the Bruins win the series! And we are back. All right. So. I know we already talked a lot of hockey, but it doesn't matter because we're going to talk a lot more hockey. More hockey! And uh, one of the things, you know, and I know this is something, uh, Slashers, that you were looking up over the weekend uh, to uh, present to the, the class today, is uh, one of the things we noticed is that they were going to be wearing some uh, some fashionable throwback jerseys uh, this weekend, like the uh, Avalanche wearing their old Quebec Nordiques uh, jerseys, but with uh, Avalanche colors in them. So, like, you had a lot of the maroon. And it's funny because the uh, maroon, depending on the uh, angle of the lighting, the nameplate looked black. Like, it looked like mm-hmm. the letters were black. Uh, you know, they would kind of shift. And I was like, that's weird that they're showing that, you know, some guys have some guys have black nameplates and some guys have maroon and they're on the same team. That's kind of weird. Um, the alternate jerseys that uh, Las Vegas wore, obviously Vegas has only been around for like three years, so it's not like they have throwbacks to go to. <laughs> yeah, they, they created a retro-looking yeah, jersey red, for, for and them. And it was fucking throwing me off because right? they looked it, like the Blackhawks. Uh, same. Yeah, it was it was weird. It's, Especially with the number 19 being so prominent. I'm like, wait a minute, Jonathan Taves is... Oh, no, wait, this is Vegas. You know, and we saw the Bruins sporting some throwback gear as well. Just the the basic B, but not as stylized as... Not that type of basic B. (laughs) No. Uh, But what kind of prompted this discussion was the Hurricanes, Carolina, coming out in throwback Hartford Whalers jerseys. Now... We know that uh, there are several defunct teams in the NHL. Uh, some never made it. The to Atlanta the ex- Thrashers. You know, so- some teams never made it to the expansion that happened in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and got absorbed. Yeah, some of them got absorbed. Uh, you know, different different reasons. Sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's, you know, it's something It's generally else. financial. Um, 
But what some people don't realize is a lot of the teams that are in the NHL today, you know, minus like the Vegas Golden Knights, which was an expansion team that just, you know, uh, sprouted up a couple of years ago. And Vegas is really getting into, you know, with legalized sports betting and whatnot, Vegas is really getting into having teams as in the Las Vegas Raiders. Right. And then we're going to have the Seattle Kraken next next season and your shirt says um, let's get cracking yeah but i'm actually really eager to see what happens i with, like their with colors team. That, yeah that light I, blue and the the, the man yeah yeah and like the tentacles and stuff like i can and, it's very cthulhu-esque and i'm i'm here for and it and you know that you know all of their like pre-game ceremonies are going to be like clash of the titans release the kraken yeah liam I'm, neeson I'm release the kraken yeah. so here for it um, but yeah, so I think some people don't realize that some of the teams that are you know, playing now used to be other teams. And what was the one that prompted it? Well, like I said, it was, it was Carolina yep. playing the Hartford, uh, wearing the Hartford Whalers jerseys. Yeah, the nice. Oh, those are nice. So the Whalers were a team from 1979 to 1997 where they relocated from Connecticut down to Carolina and became the Carolina Hurricanes. I believe they play in a... Uh, North Carolina, I think. Yes. All right, because I was trying to remember who plays where, because I think uh, the the Carolina Panthers are the same way. They represent both states, but they play in North Carolina and not South Carolina. The Kansas City Scouts, but you never heard of them, mm. played from 1974 to 1976. They became the Colorado Rockies. Now, I know that sounds weird because yeah, this the Rockies a are a baseball team. However, they were an expansion team. Right. However, the Rockies originated as an NHL team. The Colorado Rockies then were a team from 1976 to 1982 when they became the Jersey Devils once they moved to New Jersey. I believe it was in the 90s. That the Colorado Rockies became a baseball team? Uh, yeah, I want to say 95, 96, somewhere in there. Uh, I might be off. And they decided know, to revive the Rockies' name. Because I know there was um, the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars joined the NFL right around that same time. And both of them in their second year of being a team. So they had their expansion year where you know, you're supposed to be terrible. But the next year, they were both in the conference championship game, which was unfucking heard of. Uh, but yeah, they uh, the Rockies came in with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I forget exactly when, early '90s, mid '90s. Yeah. So there used to be a team called the California Golden Seals. They were a team from 1967 to 1976. They relocated to Cleveland and became the Cleveland Barons. The Cleveland Barons were a team from 1976 to 1978. They merged with the Minnesota no, Minnesota Wow Minnesota uh, Minnesota North Stars to become uh, later the San Jose Sharks. So that's fun. And then the Minnesota North Stars. Well, we're a team from 1967 to 1993 when they moved to Dallas and yep. became the Dallas Stars. And that's fine because, you know, Dallas, you know, uh, Texas is the lone star state. You know, it's not like, you know, uh, 
the Minneapolis Lakers becoming the Los Angeles Lakers, and it ta- it changes. It's like, wait, why are they the Lakers or the you know? Ah, uh, yeah, and, and you mentioned that Jazz. to me. I had no idea. <laughs> do you know why the Lakers are called the Lakers? I'm like, uh, uh, something to do with lakes. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Minnesota, the but, land of know, ten thousand lakes. When I think of L.A., <laughs> I don't think of bodies of water. No, you you think of you know if anything, the La Brea tar pits is like the closest thing. <laughs> Um, so then we have the Atlanta Flames. Remember them? Were a team from 1972 to 1980 when they moved to Calgary. I don't and became them. the Calgary Flames. Like I said, the Minnesota North Stars became the Dallas Stars. The Quebec Nordiques were a team from 1979 to 1995 when they moved to Colorado because Colorado lost the Rockies. Uh, to become the Colorado Avalanche. Yes, and that at the time was one of only a handful of teams that didn't have an S at the end of their name. The Winnipeg Jets. Now, this is going to sound weird because you're going to be This is going to sound really weird. Isn't the Winnipeg Jets already a team in the NHL? And you are correct, but the Winnipeg Jets were a team from 1979 to 1996 when they moved to Arizona and became the Phoenix Coyotes. Fucking weird. But anyways... Um, the Atlanta Thrashers, which was an expansion team, well, yes, which was an expansion team. Remember them? Uh, they played from 1999 to 2011. They moved back up to Winnipeg. To That's it, back to Winnipeg. The Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hope anyone listening to this is a Simpsons fan because that was the uh, that was a, a Simpsons reference. That's it, back to Winnipeg. So so yeah, so a lot of. Uh, Connections crossed, and so that's I have why a Thrasher's jersey. It doesn't yeah. have a name on it. it just, but it, I was like, they aren't even a team anymore. This is fucking cool. I'm wearing this. Right, and and that's what happens. You know, you have these uh, expansion teams that you know become teams, and, and some of these expansion teams are just not as successful as others. Right, and they're not. And you it, know, it all boils Atlanta's down not to a money. hockey town. No, uh, no. And they tried, and they tried, and they were like, oh, I mean, like they got rid of some of their star players, and they got you know. You know, you get rid of your bigger contracts, and but then you don't have anybody to draw fans, and then the fans like, aren't like... It's kind of like the XFL. Like, you know, they, they, some places, they really want hockey teams, so they try, and they fail, and then well, somebody they, else they, is like, well, maybe I can revive this. See, I think with this situation, it was more like... Oh, Atlanta's a big market. You know, you have the football team. You have the baseball team. You know, you have uh, the basketball team. Like, it's a big party town. Like, there's, you know, a lot of players, you know, um, will go to Atlanta. You know, like, they love going to Atlanta because, like, it's a fun night town. So, like, yeah, let's bring hockey here, too. And people are just like, eh, nobody really cares about hockey in Atlanta. So, yeah, some some sports do better in other landscapes. Yeah, like it, you know, there are certain places like you know nobody really cares. Uh, like you'll have your diehards. Like there's no football in Canada. No, Buffalo is as close as you get. You know, as of right now, Toronto Blue Jays are the only Canadian team. Yeah, the, because the, the Montreal Expos, Expos they left, left, and I don't remember who they turned into, and it's been bothering me because we were talking about this two days ago, and I didn't look it up. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's crazy how everything gets switched around and moved and, uh, you know, where do they go? And, you know, you, you, at least they're giving it a shot. Like they're trying to give, you know, cause hockey fans are all over the place, you know, baseball fans are everywhere. Um, 
you know, you know, speaking of the Seattle Kraken, you know, Seattle's finally getting a team again. You know, they have the Mariners, but they had the Seattle Supersonics, who are now the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I honestly, I was like, who the hell wants to play in Oklahoma City? But Oklahoma, I mean, they've they've done well. The Thunder have had had a decent a decent run over the past you know twenty years or so since uh, they acquired the team. But I was never a like there are, there are reasons that certain sports teams like there's no team in Nebraska or Kansas or uh, New Mexico, you know, even though Al- Albuquerque was going to get the isotopes until Homer <laughs> went on his hunger strike. Um, but there's not, you know, there's just, you have to play to your mark. I think a baseball team would do fine in some of these places, you know, especially Kansas. You could call it, you know, uh, Field of Dreams Stadium, sponsored by Kevin Costner. Hmm. You know, I think that would do well. Um, actually, no, they were in Iowa. I don't know. Um, maybe it was Kansas. I don't know. Fucking, you know, you can have like a, a, a yellow brick road leading up to the stadium, you know. And they could be called the Tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are certain teams like Worcester, where I grew up. Worcester has tried repeatedly to get baseball. You know, they had the Worcester Tornadoes that was coached by Rich Gedman, who was the scumbag. They were, uh, uh, they had the, uh, and Jose Canseco played for that team, and so did Oil Can Boy. Yes, Boyd. yes. Uh, they, although Worcester My was. My current this, primary care physician was actually the team doctor for the tornadoes. They actually were the uh the the uh Worcester is the site of the first perfect game ever thrown in baseball history, just thrown it out there. Um and you know now they have the minor league team, the fucking Woo Sox, which ugh Socks. I loved when they were in Pawtucket and they were the Paw Socks, which made sense. And they then had the Polar Polar Bear, Bear who was named Paws. It was Polar Stadium, like Polar, like it made sense. Well, McCoy Stadium, um, but yep, because they're they they've built Polar. I did this. Polar Park I did this a few weeks ago too. In Worcester. Yeah, because Polar. And I'm just pissed because they, they the closed down some of my favorite places. So that uh, they could build this fucking stadium. The Expos became the Washington Nationals. I thought so, that was but I, didn't, be my I wasn't next, sure, so I didn't say it. That was going to be my next guess. Like, yeah. Because I knew they didn't, like, turn it. They weren't uh, Arizona or Tampa or the Rockies or any of those teams. No, the Rockies. I don't know. Baseball was unbalanced. The Astros used to be in in the American in the National League. It's weird. And the, so were the Brewers. It's weird. Yeah. And it's it's gets even more kind of muddled when you bring the AHL and, and all of these other what what's the uh, for baseball I forget the minor leagues or whatever yeah, the farm system yeah like when you get into that because uh, that's just that's just a fucking mess too like a lot of them used to be something and just like you know the the Worcester Ice Cats were a thing and they were the farm system for the St. Louis Blues and then we got the Worcester Sharks who were the farm system for the Sharks, the yeah, San Jose Sharks, which, which, makes which made so much sense. Oh, you know? we need to call up quick. We games in half an hour. Call our team in Worcester, three thousand miles right? away. Right, like, and that's why that didn't last. That's and why the Providence have... Bruins, you know, Providence is you know an hour from Boston. You can get there in an hour, especially if you have like you know a private jet or private you know like police I'm, escort. Yeah, I'm sure they they send for you. Um, yeah, you know, like that that makes sense. Uh, I was actually kind of hoping that the 
baby bees would move to Worcester because that makes baby, a little more sense. Baby bees. Yeah, the Providence Bruins. They call oh, them the baby oh, bees. Oh, I'm like, I'm thinking like, I'm like, what team is the bees? Like the Charlotte Hornets? <laughs> like. Even the Charlotte Hornets had to come back as an expansion team because they were the Bobcats, and the Bobcats went down to, uh, they went down, I don't know, the, no, the, they were the New Orleans Hornets, then they got changed to the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Charlotte Bob, then it was the Vancouver Grizzlies, like just certain places, like, you know, certain places don't always flock to sports. You know, you had the Vancouver Grizzlies and the Toronto Raptors that both came into the league at the same time. Toronto became more popular Probably because they're named after dinosaurs. Well, they had Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady, and, and the Grizz- they were named after dinosaurs. And the Grizzlies didn't really have dinosaurs, anybody. bears. Yeah, that's it's weird dinosaurs, that there aren't there aren't as many bears. dinosaur-based teams. You know, like that—that's the only dinosaur-based team that I propose that we create more dinosaur-named teams. Yeah. It shouldn't be the Seattle Kraken. It should be the Seattle Stegosaurus. Well, if you were to come up with a, if a team ever comes up in Montana, because that's where the Badlands of Montana are, where they sh- they filmed the beginning of Jurassic Park, like those were actual digs. You know, Montana, Colorado, like those types of areas where they find a lot of bones, like that's where you could, and and it wouldn't be a Stegosaurus. You know, they would be a T Rex. Like that would be the first thing. The Montana Bone Finders. The Montana Boners. <laughs> I want a boner jersey. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's get into uh, you know some of the actual news as opposed to just giving you guys uh, all these fun, useful facts that are clearly both are you, fun and are useful. Are you not entertained? <laughs> uh, so the Bruins are still winning. They are currently in first place in the East. But and I mentioned this the other night when they uh, when they lost to the Islanders, they they have a problem with the Islanders and the Devils. They are one three and one against those two teams. Against everyone else in their division, they are 10-0-1. They have one overtime loss. For some reason, and usually they're like this with the Montreal Canadiens, for some reason, there's always at least one team, in this case it's it's two, that just kind of gets in their heads. And, and, and I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, but they just can't play. They can't perform against certain teams. Like I said, usually it's just one. Usually it's Montreal. Well, it, it was certain players, too. Like, for a long time, they couldn't solve the Capitals because of Braden Holtby. Right. Yeah. You know, it was really weird. Like, And they would own one of the best goalies in you know, the past 20 years, Henrik Lundqvist. Like, they owned him. They would beat him every goddamn time. It's so weird because it's so, like, sporadic. You can't there's – no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's yeah, just, James Reimer is another guy they own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense, especially in the case of the Islanders. For you know, Jersey's playing really well this year, but in the case of the Islanders, so are the Islanders it's like, though. The Islanders have a solid team. They were in the they were in the uh, divisional round, not the divisional. They uh, they were playing Tampa for the uh, the right to go to the Stanley Cup last year. Like they're a good team. But still, it's the Islanders. I know it's the Islanders, but. It, so the uh, we, we talked about uh, Lake Tahoe a little bit. What we didn't talk about was the Bruins game that's going to be starting in uh, a little while. Um, the Lake Tahoe game will be featuring two very shorthanded teams on Sunday. Like half 
of uh, Philadelphia's teams, like there were people semi-joking about having Gritty suit up and play. I'm all for it. Uh, but like Giroux, Voracek, uh, like I let think Gritty Van, play. I think Van Riemsdyk will be playing, play. but all these other guys, like all their like main like offensive threats are not playing. But the Bruins are going to be without David Krejci. Bruins are going to be without Matt Grizzlick. I think Jakob Zaborl as well. No, Grizzlick's back, but Zaborl is out. But, yes, uh, and um, I believe Miller. Yeah, I, I, I is out as well. Yeah, that I'm not a hundred percent on, but you know, either way, both teams are shorthanded. But Philadelphia is Ooh, very shorthanded. They just short-handed. posted the jerseys they're going to be wearing tonight. Oh, they look like Winter Classic jerseys. A little bit, yeah. Those yeah, are nice. Bright yellow. I like it. Oh, I like that. Uh, in other news, Connor McDavid tallied his 500th point the other night uh, in his 369th game. He Ties is, with Sidney Crosby. Yeah, he is the uh, 21st player in history to get 500 points before his 25th birthday. He's 24. Uh, he's got 171 goals, 329 assists. At that time, it was his 329th assist. Uh, and he quickly downplayed it because that's what hockey players do. It's always we, never I. Um, and speaking of Sid the Kid, he played his 1,000th NHL career game this past week yeah and all for pittsburgh i mean the kid's been playing since he was 18 which i mean and name. he's gonna be another one he's like bergeron i i feel like he's gonna play for the penguins for the duration of his career yeah and there's no reason that they would ever get rid of him i mean um, unless something drastic were to happen the only thing i can think of is okay he's you know this is his last year we know it's his last year we're a terrible team you know, Sid, do you want us to trade you to a contender so you can go out Pull and Pull Ray Bork. Well, Ray Bork went uh, – he didn't win his first year. He traded – he played half a year there, and then the next year they won the Stanley Cup. Right, but still, it's, it's in the same, same yeah, vein we, of, of You're of getting thinking. towards the end of your, your career. You're not going to – you're not going to win. But Sidney's won before. Bork yeah. had never won. Right. So that's a little it's a little different, but like they'll at, they'll they'll go to him and say, "Hey, do you want to just stay here and finish out your career, you know, on a bottoming team or do you want to do you want us to trade you to a, a contender where you could definitely help?" But I mean, who's to say that Pittsburgh doesn't remain a contender his entire career with them? I mean, if everybody stays healthy and I mean, they're not a contender right now, like they're not playing all that great. So it's it's tough. Um, although you know we're we're what there's 56 games. We're about halfway through the year, so I mean we can. Uh... We'll see what happens. You know the latter half of the season, crazy crazier things have happened. Yeah. Um, you know we're getting towards the trade deadline. Not that the I I don't think the the trade deadline is really going to have as much weight as it usually does in the see, normal I, season. I think it might, just because of. Well, I mean uh, the trade deadline is in April. Yeah, Pittsburgh is uh, three games, three points behind the Bruins right now, so they're not terrible. Yeah, no, they've been playing pretty well. Now they're nine six and one. Not as well as, as, you know, past seasons, but like you said, we're only halfway they're, through the they're season. They're fourth in the East, so as of right now, they'd be on the outside. No, they it's four teams per, so they're, four, they're yes. right there. But they're tied with Philadelphia and the Islanders, all with 19 points. So they're they're right in the thick of it. So right now, Boston and, and Washington would get in, but the next three, 
would have to like two out of those only two out of those three are going to get in is it philly is it pittsburgh is it new york the rangers are making some noise but you know we'll get into more of the uh, standings and whatnot but uh so yeah the stars uh have had multiple games postponed not due to covid but due to power and weather issues yes yeah a lot of crazy shenanigans happening down in texas same thing happened in the nba you know we have friends down there our hearts are definitely with you right now during this time it's just it's it's absolutely bonkers what's going on and um yeah the covid list is finally down uh down to 13 players across the league uh on january 17th it was uh at its highest point of 59 which really isn't a lot in comparison to the numbers that came out of the nfl or the more major league baseball or the nba right and i will say that um Here's the difference between how the NHL is handling it compared to how anybody else is handling it. So in the NBA, they'll send you out there with the bare minimum of like eight players. You know, like, here you go. You have guys on the COVID list. You're still playing eight guys because we're not going to lose this revenue. In the NHL, you know, same thing with the NFL. I mean, they'll postpone games for a couple of days to make sure their star players are out there. But in the NHL, they're like, okay, you had, you know, say two guys test positive. We're postponing your games. Because we don't know if anybody else is going to test positive, so instead of sending out more guys, sending out the rest of the team, we're just going to postpone because we only we set it up so that we could do this. Right, that was the exact well one of the reasons why they decided to restructure the divisions for this right. season. Like we can ma- we can make these schedule changes, we can do all this right. because it's I, only you're going not to flying a- across the country. Right, it's only going to affect this division. It's not going to affect the entire league. Right, and instead of okay, two guys tested positive, and then you know you play two, you play a back to back, and then four more guys tested positive and now the other team has to quarantine and now that team that they're playing has well, to quarantine and, so right, now you're and out you four have, teams you know the, the tests are pretty accurate but they're not a hundred percent accurate so you can have a player who's asymptomatic who's not showing any symptoms of having covid who tests negative but you know the the, the negative test was incorrect you know and, and go and infect an entire team of other players and here's here's where the the biggest disconnect and you know we we've had this conversation in the past but the biggest disconnect between the nhl and the nba so the nba is having their all-star game you know first of all they're having their all-star game nhl's not uh the nba is having their all-star game and they're having it in one of the cities that is like the biggest party city like we mentioned earlier in this show Atlanta and they're saying hey guys we know that you're going to be hanging out with your friends and like you know this is what happens you know when teams play especially at the all-star game they all hang out you know it's like oh this guy's my friend but we don't play on the same team or even in the same conference we're going to hang out we're going to go out drinking we're going to go out to dinner we're going to do this and it's like no, you guys need to stay in your hotel. I guarantee you that this is going to be like a fucking super spreader event because these guys are going to be like, I'm not staying in my hotel. I mean, this is where James Harden went when he was boycotting his return back to the Rockets because he wanted to get traded. This is where Kyrie Irving went when he was just away from his team because he's like, man, I have a stressful job and I need a vacation. So, he had to leave for like two fucking weeks. He was down in Atlanta a couple of times. So to expect these guys to not go out and party and have a good time and not spread their fucking COVID germs everywhere or pick it up from somebody else, 
good luck, um, as opposed to the NHL. And this happens all the time. They're like, hey, you guys need to stay in your hotel. Okay. Because they put their teammates on a higher uh, – they hold them in higher esteem than the NBA players seem to do. Now, obviously, it's not all NBA players, but, you know, what we've seen, the the behaviors that we've seen just this year with guys that are incredibly selfish. And the other thing you will see, watch some press conferences. Watch press conferences between the two the two sports. You know, Connor McDavid gets his 500th point, and the first thing he does is like, yeah, well, you know, we're playing really well, and, you know, we, you know, we were able to do this, and, you know, we, we did that, and we got the win, and... It's we, 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 not I, 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 Hockey players are also a lot more disciplined than other athletes. It's a different, it's a different, it's a completely different mindset. And it's something that starts uh, in peewee hockey. Yeah. And most of these guys have been, you know, you know, you have, you're traveling with these guys, you know, you're doing everything. Nobody is above anybody else. Right. So not only did the NHL limit travel by restructuring these divisions, but, you know, if you're playing at home, obviously, when the game is done, you go home. But if you're traveling, when the game is done, you return to your hotel and you stay in the hotel. They don't go out. They are confined to the hotel. And everyone is okay with that. Yeah, like they bring stuff or to say, the hotel to keep if, themselves. If, you know, if, if somebody isn't okay with that, they definitely haven't voiced it. We haven't heard anything. But so far, everyone seems to be on board with this. It's uh, slightly different than the bubble they created for the playoffs. Um, it gives them a little more freedoms and stuff. But, you know, like they can go down, you know, most hotels, uh, and you know that they're staying at. Um, they're staying at they're, super they're nice staying, places. They're staying at some fine establishments. And most of these places have nice restaurants who are following pro- COVID protocols. So it's not like they're unable to do anything. They have to go right to their room. But, you know, by limiting their their travel and everything, you know, limiting them, you're like, no, you can't go out. And some of these guys don't go out. Like, you really don't hear much about hockey players going out and partying unless they win the Stanley Cup. Like, that's that's a different yeah. story. Um, you know, you, you don't hear stories like that coming out of the NHL like you do, especially coming out of the NBA. NFL as well. Like, you'll see a lot of guys like, oh, this guy was driving, you know, 160, you know, or, you know, this idiot was driving his, his uh, you know, driving around. It's not a law to drive, you know, uh, I remember talking about Ben Roethlisberger with this. It's like it's not a law that you have to wear a helmet when you ride your motorcycle, but you're riding a motorcycle without a helmet and you're a football player. Like, maybe think about what you're doing and, you know, what your your uh, your your uh, profession is. Because you wear a helmet every day to work, but you won't wear it while riding around at, you know, 70 80 90 miles an hour and you're a lot let you're if you're going to hit something you're going to get hit a lot harder on the motorcycle than you are on the uh on the football field and you are not going to land on nice soft turf so uh i will say this though the uh the standings have shaken up quite a bit in the uh central division the once mighty tampa bay uh i almost said buccaneers lightning are down to fourth place. Wow, they have been dominating their division for 
the duration of the season. Yeah, uh, Carolina is in first, and even when I wrote this, it was a different. It was a different. Uh, Carolina has vaulted into first since I put this in the outline a couple days ago. So Carolina is first with twenty five points. They are twelve three and one. Okay. Florida right behind them at eleven three and two with twenty four points. Uh, Chicago, who I thought was going to be dwelling in the cellar this year. Uh, they are nine six and four with twenty two points. Tampa is ten four and one with twenty one. Columbus right behind them with twenty. Then you have the Stars and Predators with fourteen apiece, and uh, Detroit with thirteen. So those guys, you know, you have a one two three four five team race for a four four spots. That Central Division is going to be awesome uh, over the next couple of months. Um, Let's see. We have uh, Boston, again, leading with uh, 22 points. They are 7-2-1 uh, and one in their last 10, which is uh, other than Edmonton, who's 8-2-1, two and one, and the Maple Leafs that are 7-1-2. and two, uh, That's the best 10-game uh, streak uh, tied with Carolina, who are 7-2-1. Tampa Bay, 7-3-0, and, oh, and they lost, but they've lost their last two. Little uh, little tidbit there. So we have the Bruins at 22, Washington right behind 9-5 and 3 at 21 points. Philadelphia 8-3 and 3 with 19. Pittsburgh 9-6 and 1 with 19. Islanders 8-6 and 3 with 19. Then you got the Rangers with 15, Jersey with 14, and Buffalo uh, taking up that bottom spot with 12 points at 5 and 7. Uh, they were actually the only team in the Eastern Division with a losing record. Uh. The North, we have Tampa, I mean, sorry, Toronto, blowing everyone away with the best record in all of hockey, 14-3-2, 30 points. Uh, they are uh, they're doing really well. 12-8-0 um, uh, no overtime losses for... Uh, for uh, Edmonton, only I say the North Division has been Nashville producing some Minnesota. really exciting hockey. Nashville and Minnesota, the only two other two teams who have not uh, had an overtime loss, which I think is interesting. Uh, so Edmonton, that like I said, they're eight two and zero, oh, and they're still six points behind uh, Toronto because Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, uh, as well as McDavid and Drysaddle, have been playing. Matthews and, mm -hmm. and Marner have been playing like that, too, as well as uh, uh, you have the Jets right behind them, 10-6-1 with 21 points. Montreal, 9-5-2 with 20. Calgary and Vancouver, each with 17. Uh, even though Calgary is 8-9-1, Vancouver is 8-12-1. But they still have 17 points, so they're right in that. So, again, you know, Toronto looks like they're running away with that division, but you have one, two, three, four, five teams that could win it. Uh, Ottawa's at four, 14 and one with nine points. I think they're out of it. Uh, then let's head over to the West Division, presented by I don't know Dentine Ice. I don't know. <laughs> all the they're all like like the Mitsubishi. Presented by Snapple. It's like Honda and Mitsubishi, <laughs> and I don't remember who sponsored what. But so we have St. Louis, uh, ten six and two with twenty two points. Vegas ten four and one with twenty one, Colorado nine four and one with nineteen, the Kings seven six and three at seventeen, Arizona seven seven and three at seventeen, Minnesota uh, eight six and zero oh with sixteen points, San Jose seven seven and two with sixteen points, and Anaheim six nine and three with fifteen points. So everybody in that division has a shot. Like 
Mm-hmm. You know, you go on a, a, a four-game winning streak, like say Anaheim just gets hot and beats St. Louis and, and Vegas. Now all of a sudden they they've got twenty three points and they're in the they're in the top. They're they're the, the head of the division. Like that's how tight the Western Division is. So I think the Western Division and the uh the North are really gonna be the ones to watch because they're the ones that haven't really uh although I mean Buffalo even Buffalo's got twelve I mean, the Rangers, the Devils, and Buffalo, you know, 15, 14, and 12 points. You know, Philadelphia beat up for a while. I mean, they could easily lose that spot. You know, Carter Hart's going to have to play really, really well, and that defense is going to have to play really well. And, you know, Van Riemsdyk and whoever's left is going to have to carry the offense. Again, with these, you know, the shakeup of these divisions, it's really difficult to say, yes, this team is going to continue and go on to victory and be in the playoffs and do all of this because, you know, these, these reignited rivalries have really lit a fire under some of these teams. Yeah, um, and I'm loving it. I'm loving the oh, yeah. way that... Yeah, like it's it's been, you know, with all things considered, this has been a really entertaining season thus far. Yeah. Um, Including the hiccups. Yeah, there's been, um, there's been some really great, um, you know, like uh, bad blood kind of boiling up. Uh, we saw a little bit of that last night. On the uh, the play where uh, it was like I forget the guy's name, but he was a fourth liner for Vegas. Elbows McKinnon in the head. Oh, that was dirty. And then McKinnon comes back, uh, like on that defensive play, and he just skates from fucking coast to coast and rips a shot Scores. past the goalie. Yeah, oh, so yeah. good. So that's the best way to say fuck you. He's just like fuck it. I'm taking this off. And oh god. Uh, that was such a great play. That was such a like, like a beast move. Like that's the shit that like Ovechkin or like Gretzky, like the great goal scorers, are just like, you know what? Screw you guys. Like I could see Marchand or Pasternak doing something like that. Like they take a cheap shot and then like, all right, that's how we're gonna do it. Oh yeah. So before we wrap this up, some breaking news coming out of the NHL. Uh oh. Nico Heischer was named captain of the New Jersey Devils on Saturday. Oh, very So cool. he replaces defenseman Andy Green, who was captain for five seasons before he was traded to the New York Islanders on February 16th, 2020. So they've been an entire year without a captain. He says it's an honor and a privilege leading the New Jersey organization as captain. He is 22 years old. He's a center. He is the youngest active captain in the NHL. And uh, he was picked number one in the 2017 draft. Yeah, I so mean, so good for him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not overly surprised. Um, he's the youngest current, but the youngest. I think the uh, the I, the record for uh, youngest captain because uh, he is still the captain right now. But he was named at 19. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog of the Colorado Avalanche at 19 was named uh, captain. So. Uh, yeah, so that'll that'll wrap up the uh, hockey talk. Uh, the standings are great. I'm loving the way the Bruins are playing, except against those two teams. Uh, but you know, this is this is shaping up. And when we record again in a few days, which uh, we're going to have a uh, special guest, the other half of the uh, Jay and James, 
uh, it's go time with Jay, Jay and James. Uh, we're going to have Jay, since we already had James last week. We'll have James next week. Uh, Jay next week. So we're going to have uh, the, 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 the duality, the, the dichotomy. The, the Jay guys. team. Yeah. It's it's a J date. <laughs> that might be that might be the name of the uh, that might be the name of the episode. Oh um, my God. So moving on to ma- 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 Major League Baseball, uh, Fernando Tatis, 22, uh, signs a 14-year, 340 million dollar deal. Woo! Both, at 22. Both Mookie Betts and Mike Trout signed their mega deals at 27, and they are generally regarded to be two of the best players in all of baseball. So. I love Fernando Tatis. I thought he played really well. Um, again, I only knew – I recognized his name because I remember his dad hit two grand slams in one inning, and that's all I knew about his dad, Fernando Tatis Sr. Uh, but Tatis Jr. Uh, is on that awesome Padres team that just keeps getting better, and they are going to legitimately challenge uh, the Dodgers this year, and I think they could take that that uh, crown away from them. They could win the World Series based on the pitching that they've been getting and, you know, the players that they have. So they have two. Uh, and Tatis is a a, uh, a shortstop, second baseman. Either way, they have two infielders now that are making $300 million plus. Manny Machado is the other one, and Machado oh. is a chump. But that's the thing with uh, baseball is there's no salary cap, so... They, it, deals are getting ridiculous. Like, how is that money even real? It's like I, imaginary. I know. It's imaginary it, money. It's monopoly money. Basically. So my questions for this is, is this the start of something that we're going to see happen more and more often where teams like, oh, we have this guy. He's been good for a year and a half. Let's give him all the money in the world and sign him till his, for the rest of his career. Like these like career play, like uh, yeah. career contracts? Like 14 years. Like that's insane. So my only problem with this is is it too soon like yes he's had a good year but uh, based off of one decent year and him only being 22 I yeah will, absolutely i will say this though this has an average annual value of under 25 million so he's 22 he's going to be making 25 25 ish million for the next 14 years. That's actually not too bad. I mean, you have a guy like David Price who's making 30 plus. But I mean, like, is he shooting himself in the foot by taking this deal? If he gets good, if he gets hot, who's to say, you know, you sign a, a couple uh, year deal. Is he going to be as good at 36, 34 as he is at 24? But I mean, like, you know, could you be making more than $25 million a year? You might get a big deal when you're 30, you know, when you're, like these guys, 27. But you might not. You know, like, it's it's that double-edged sword. Like, baseball contracts are guaranteed. Like, is it smart of them to offer it to him? I don't know. Is it smart of him to take it? Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I think well, it is like so. You're, just, I mean, like you're saying the same thing. He could make, there are guys making 40 a year. Yeah, but like look at somebody like, you know, to go back to hockey, Zidane Ochara, who's making less than a million this but he's year. But he's at 43. Yeah, so. but still, you know, you have all of these older guys who, you know, take these one-year, two-year contracts we for, can't, for peanuts. Can't, you can't compare. 
See, you, the thing with hockey is you can't compare their contracts to any other sport because hockey is by far well, no, they are I know the it's, least it's salaried and everything else. No, like, but I like get they that. are the, they they have the like the best guy like Sidney Crosby. Ovechkin, no, I, I know. They make like they don't make anywhere million. near as much as some of these other athletes do. You know. There are guys like, you know, there, there are guys like, well, you know, you had a down year and you're 36 years old. We don't know if you're any good in baseball. So we're going to give you a one-year, $15 million deal to see if you're any good. Like, that's more than anyone makes in hockey. Like, I that's want how someone insane. to pay me $15 million for one year to see if right. I'm good. Uh, so then you have, like, you know, you can't compare it to basketball because there's a dozen guys making $40 million this year. And some of them aren't even that good. Like, do you know who, like, you're a casual basketball fan. Do you know who John Wall is? Nope. No, you don't. But he's making, like, $41 million this year. Wow. Yeah. So, I'm going to go play basketball. Right? Um, Calling up Danny Ainge as we speak. You know, guys who, uh, you know, you know, in, in, uh, in football, you know, like, there are defensive linemen and uh, offensive linemen who now want to make $20 million a year, which a few years ago, you couldn't, like, that was considered an insult to a quarterback. Like, we're going to pay you $20 million. $20 million? Now a left tackle wants $20 million. Like, but the best player in hockey doesn't come close to that. Like, you know, a guy like Sidney Crosby, who has multiple Stanley Cups, multiple World Series, I mean, World Series, uh, uh, gold medals, makes like 12. Like, on, I'm going to look up who is the highest, who is the highest paid NHL player. And it is Austin Matthews. And what is he making? Austin Matthews. Da-da-da. And... The hockey guys and baseball guy, uh, hockey guys don't make anywhere near the endorsement deals that hockey players, basketball players, and football players, uh, baseball, basketball, and football players make. So he makes okay. So with uh, he, let's see, Toronto Maple Leaf center was scheduled to make fifteen point nine in playing salary and bonus, but will instead earn thirteen million net of escrow, including deferrals. His off-ice income from endorsements, memorabilia, and licensing is $3 million. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's nothing. Guys sign $90 million shoe deals with Nike all the fucking time. Like. I'll no- wear Nike shoes. Pay me. Right? Like, that's insane. Like, $3 million for selling all of your memorabilia and all of your, uh, your, your, your endorsements. Like, Gronk made made more than that, you know, with, like, Dunkin' Donuts. Like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't compare hockey salaries to anybody else's salaries because, at least in the NHL, like, the salaries are kind of, like, it's they m- make sense. I would say, yeah, they're, they're a little more realistic. As opposed I feel to, like this guy had a good year. Give him $100 million, quick. At some point, like, that that money just, it's imaginary. It's not real. It can't be. Do you be. know who the first $100 million contract in the NBA was? Tell me if, you've, uh, if you're familiar with this name. Juwan Howard. No. Yeah. But he got the first $100 million contract. And shortly after that, it was uh, Kevin Garnett. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. 
But they were guys. It's like, oh, it's ten years, a hundred and twenty-six million. Because anything is possible. Right. That was his contract. Ten years, one hundred twenty-six million. So an average annual value of twelve point six million. If Garnett was playing today in his prime, he'd be making forty million easy. Like that's what's insane about some of these salaries. Is like you get these guys. John Wall. This is the first time he's played in two years. Like he's been hurt. And they knew he was hurt when they gave him this insane deal. Like, guys are getting five years, $300 million. Like, that's nuts. You know, like, uh, I don't know. Or, or five years, 250 Like, that's what Steph Curry makes. Like, you should, you know, th- that's fine. Like, your top players should be making the most money. LeBron, Steph, you know, Damian Lillard, uh, you know, guys like that. They should be making that type of money, but when it starts like, like Jalen Brown's going to be making twenty million dollars, like Marcus Smart makes sixteen, like you know, in baseball it's even worse because it's like you could be again like some schlub who never plays. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. will probably get eight million dollars a year, and nobody wants him. And that's the other thing, you know. Jackie Bradley Jr. is potentially coming back to the Red Sox. Well, was he ever really released? Like, they, they he didn't he's say a free agent. anything. He's so a free he's a free agent. Okay. So, yeah, they're they having conversations. Him, and they didn't offer him arbitration. Yeah, because nobody else wants him. It's like, why are you. Stop. Stop it. Stop having yes. conversations. Uh, Just stop it. On the other side of that token, you have the Yankees bringing back Brett Gardner for a 14th season. The Yankees are the only team Gardner's ever played for. Uh, I like Brett Gardner, even though he's a Yankee. He's a very quality player. He'll be 37 this year, but he's played with them 13 years. He's been with them forever, uh, playing center field. You know, so and he's always been. He was never a guy that you're like, oh man, Brett Gardner's so great. But like, he's a guy. You know, he'll give you you know 20, 30 home runs. He'll bat 280, 290, 300. Sometimes you don't need to be great. You just but need he was to be a, consistent. He was a really good leadoff guy. Like he was one of those guys. He's like, he's one of those guys that every team need, every team needs. Like a glue guy. He's kind of like a, uh, like if, to use a Bruins reference. He's, uh, you know, he's maybe a uh, like a um, thirteen Charlie Coyle. Okay. Like he's talented. He's got he's got skill. He can play the game really well. But he's not gonna single-handedly take the game over for you right he's not a superstar he's not a stud he'll but make some really good plays here right. and there um you know kind of like a uh you know chase winovich or a uh you know for patriots fans or a uh you know i don't want to say marcus smart but you know a guy like that you know a, you know a gritty hustle player who will uh will do that so speaking of the celtics uh they are currently playing right now they're up they were up big against the Pelicans, but the Pelicans at 12 and 17 have uh, weaseled their way back into this game because I don't know what the Celtics are doing. Uh, if they don't have, <laughs> I don't think they know what they're doing. They are either. 15 and 14. At the time I wrote this, they were at 500. They are 15 and 14, which mean because they just blew out Atlanta on Friday, which they should. So, the last few games the Celtics have been playing, so they drop below 500. They lost to Detroit, eight and twenty. Worst in the East, Washington, nine and seventeen. Third worst. Beat the Nuggets, who have been playing really well. 
uh, still not a powerhouse team, and then lost to Atlanta. So out of those four games, they lost to three of the worst teams in the NBA. 8-20, and 9-17, and 17, and 12-16 and 16 were the records of the teams that they lost to. And now, after having a big lead, they are oh, they're up three now against the Pelicans with four minutes and 11 seconds left, so they're probably going to lose this game. Because if they don't have uh, both Smart and Tatum on the field, I'm sorry, Brown and Tatum, I keep talking about Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are not on the court at the same time, and they don't play 48 minutes a night, they're not going to win. For whatever reason, nobody else on the team can do a fucking thing. Jeff Teague has been a liability. The draft picks that they had no, do did you, nothing. Do you chalk it up to coaching? No, I chalk it up to they have nobody. Like Kemba Walker is making you know, 30-plus million dollars a year, and he is not the same guy he was. They knew he had a knee problem when they signed him to that max deal. And they still signed him to a max deal, and now he's been having knee problems. So it's like, oh, he's not that wacky. The guy that we knew had knee problems. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Kemba. He played really well last year. But this goes back to that all-star conversation See the one had. with tendonitis? No, that's Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown now has tendonitis in his left knee. That's okay. He just signed a max extension. Um, and this goes back to last year when – you know, and Kyrie Irving did it the year before. I have knee problems. I, I have to keep having surgeries on my knees. I've missed eight games in a row. I'm playing in the All-Star game, though. Yeah, see, that's, that bugs me. Like, if that you, bugs if you are the not, shit out of me. If you are not well enough to play for your team during normal season games when you are needed, then fuck no, you are not playing in the All-Star game. You know what that is? This is... Oh, I don't feel well. I can't go to school today. Can I go out to the movies with my friend? No, you don't feel well. You need to stay home and rest. You can't go to school. You can't go out with your friends. But these guys, because the players run the league there, and we've seen that over and over and over again, the players in the NBA have more power than any other union in all of sports. It's unreal. You know, you sign a contract, and it's like, well, I don't like being here anymore, so... I'm just going to act like a jerk until they put they they send me to the team I want. That bugs the shit out of me. I but I'm a good teammate. So, no, I hate that yep. so much. You signed a contract. But I, you I will signed say, a con- if I don't show up to my job, if I decide that I'm going to fuck around and be like, oh fuck this place, blah, you know what's going to happen? I'm getting fired. Yeah, they're not going to trade you to another uh, uh And I'm going to have a company. hell of a time trying to find another job because I'm not going to have any references. Despite your talent. You but know? In the like, NBA, like, how is that acceptable? Because the players run that league, and we've it's seen bullshit. it. It's And I will say, I, I totally understand where Draymond Green is coming from on the other side, where it's like, well, we can get traded anytime we want. It's like, okay, then when you sign your contract... Don't sign the fucking contract. Or... Put in a no trade clause. You know what? Who has the best no trade or no movement clauses in all of sports? Hockey. Guys have no movement clauses everywhere. Or what they'll do is like, all right, I don't want to. Uh, like, you can have a full no trade or full no movement is what they call it. Uh, but then they'll be like, all right, well, we're thinking of potentially trading you. Give us a list of six teams that you want to go to. Or 
they'll put like I only want to play in you know Detroit or Boston or Minnesota you know whatever uh, you know but here's the thing this is what you collectively bargained for this is what your union said was okay if you don't like that collectively bargain to get it taken out that you can't be traded you know so I can see both sides of it but you are a professional and if you decide that oh I know I have this contract that I signed and I'll willingly take all the money but uh, yeah I don't feel like playing here like anymore. it is so goddamn selfish yeah. to do that and, and then, completely disregard your teammates so yeah so then you know Oh, he's a great teammate. Oh, really? Because I saw what he did. Well, you don't know what he's like, you know, on the inside. You don't know what he's like behind closed doors. No, I don't. But you know what I do know? I do know what his public behavior is and what he wants the world to see. That's what he is showing. He's saying, this is who I am. This is what I do to get my way. It's a toddler throwing a tantrum. And we've seen guys do this throughout the history of sports it's i'm not just picking on the nba you know and i'm sure there are specific people that are coming up in people's minds as they're listening to this but it's it, this has happened over and over and over again you know let's talk pablo fucking sandoval after he signs that huge deal with the oh red sox and could not get in shape like they're giving you all this money and resources yeah, like, hey. Not just, not just money, but resources. He played, like, absolute trash the entire time he was here. He never did anything except swing so hard he broke his goddamn double belt. Like, I'm not going to sit here and fat shame somebody. Like, I'm a big, heavy guy. But at the same time, I'm not being paid $19 million to perform feats of athleticism on a baseball diamond. There'd be a huge difference if I was. Right? You want to see me get into shape fast? <laughs> Pay me. <laughs> if you're giving, if I have nineteen million dollars and you know I am, I'm, you know, uh, I have all of this athletic training and all of these professional athletes and, and former professional athletes and all of these, you know, medical personnel at your disposal. Yeah, like, hey, all of these resources are yours. Yeah, I'm gonna look like fucking Jason Statham. Even more than I already do. It's the bald head, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to look like Jason Statham. I'm going to be fucking ripped. You know, but I don't have that option. And I mean, he did. And he I just wouldn't used, mind that. Right? <laughs> he used his $19 million at the buffet. Like, it was terrible. He got into worse shape and gained more weight with all of this stuff. Right. But here's the thing. And he you played his way out of town. And guess where he ended up? Back where he fucking started. Yeah, you you sign a contract to do something, to show up for your team, and then you don't. Like, that's what it is, long story short. If you can't show up for your team, if you can't be a teammate, then don't sign the fucking contract. Don't play the game. Right. Because there are hundreds, if not thousands, of kids coming up in these farm systems who would love to take your place. Right, but, you know, a lot, and we see this a lot, especially, I think, with baseball, uh, the entitlement that athletes have. You know, we see it football players in college. Nah, fuck that. Um, you know, fuck that. It's uh, the more marketable the player happens to be, the better they're treated and the more leniency they get. And that's, it's always been the case. Right, but here's the thing I don't care who you are. Babe Ruth got away with some insane shit. Laying on a team, you're representing that team, and people seem to forget that. Yeah, but a lot of these guys don't care. You know, no, there because is they're a too very, busy trying is, to create their own brand. There is a very famous baseball player 
who and I didn't see this firsthand. I got to secondhand. But a very famous baseball player and a fan said to him, uh, you know, like he was in awe of this person because this person was a larger than life uh, personality, huge, like should be in the Hall of Fame, but isn't, uh, you know, because of who who he is. Um, somebody came up to him and said, um, hey, who do you think they're going to get to hit behind you next year? And he said, I don't give a fuck as long as I get my 18 million. That was the attitude that he had. Wow. You know, and I, I, I think that permeates through a lot of sports. But, you know, it's just unfortunate that, you know, it was this particular player who you, you kind of got the idea that he was a bit of a jerk. But, you know, uh, he didn't exactly carry himself with, you know, poise and respect on the field. But, yeah, um, I'm going to – oh, that's – Google Docs is weird. It keeps switching. You're, uh, you, you were uh, an anonymous koala earlier because I, I, I come up with the outline and I send it to, to Slashes so she can you know go over it and you know we can be on the same page for things. Add my own shit. Yeah, and now you're anonymous camel. <laughs> I liked being anonymous koala. Uh, it cha- it just changes camel. randomly. Like earlier, it looked like a a rat, but like a pie. Like I don't, I didn't. Pie rat. <laughs> Not that tight. Arg. Uh, but all right, let's uh, let's get this wrapped up because we we have a bunch of things to do before the uh, before the Bruins game. So uh, let's wrap it up with the NFL. Pirate. So uh, <laughs> so uh, former wide receiver, uh, very talented wide receiver, Vincent Jackson was found dead in his hotel room. Uh, he was 36 years old. Nobody knows how. Nobody knows how long he was there. Some. Uh, some have been speculating that he was probably dead for a few days before he was found. Do they but suspect foul play? Or? No, there were no signs of a struggle. Uh, there, some people think that alcohol was involved. Uh, nobody's really sure. Uh, I'm hoping that this wasn't a case of like what we've seen over the past decade or so where you know, uh, a player has been suffering from CTE and takes his own life but preserves his brain so that people can study him. Junior Seau comes mm-hmm. to mind immediately. Yep. Dave Duerson. Some of the, these guys will shoot themselves in the chest or they will hang themselves or they will do something else like, please study my brain. Something is wrong with me. It baffles me, saddens me, makes me angry that the NFL does not take the proper precautions for player safety. I know they've done some things. They've, you know, they've uh, implemented helmet changes. They've done a lot right, over the years, but but it's not enough. It's not enough for some of these players. You know, we we've seen this all too often. Like this, this story isn't new. It's not, you know, if if that was the case, if that was what happened, you know, uh, we see some of these players with erratic behavior changes and, and you know, especially they know, once their playing days are over. Right. Yeah. They, they know something is wrong and they're trying to get the proper treatment for it. And, and you know, it, it just goes untreated. And there's it been a recent unnoticed. study where black players are treated much differently. Like they have a score that they go for to decide, you know, whether or not you are deserving or worthy of treatment from the NFL, like whether or not the NFL will pay for your treatment. And there is a racial tone to it or a racial bias 
where it's like, okay, well, you did this and you did that, but you're black, so that affects your score, and we have to, you know, multiply it by this. And it's uh, uh, Rick Strom of the Young Turks, uh, TYT Sports, did a, a, a video on this. And, you know, there were a couple of uh, former NFL players. One of them had 17 concussions. And he's like, yeah. And I went and they told me that I was not eligible for treatment because my score wasn't right. And it's just so fucked up that they do this. So we've seen, and again, I hope that's not what the case was. I hope it's just, you know, an accidental thing. I hope it wasn't, you know, he couldn't cope with life outside the NFL anymore because he was 30 fucking six, you know, you know, for everybody that says, oh, well, Brady's 43 and this, it's like, that's great. Plays a different position. Um, Right, but there is that's new, not the norm. Right. There is a new thing that's being implemented this year. There is a new specific type of helmet that is being given to offensive and defensive linemen because of, like, they have the most common uh, or the most amount of uh, impact all the time mm-hmm. Like because they just line up from each other and smash into each other. I would also say it should go to running backs and linebackers as well because those guys, when they hit, it's from a fucking running start five yards deep. So if this guy's running from the defensive backfield five yards and the other guy's running from seven yards deep in the offensive backfield and they meet together, they're both going full speed and, you know, that's you know, and, and it's great 40 that they're doing miles that. An hour. They're implementing, you know, new equipment. But they also need to implement new safety protocols as far as medical experts go. They need to keep track of them. And I know that they have a concussion protocol for on the field and everything else. But, you know, they really need to monitor these players, not only while they're playing the game, but especially after. Because some of these issues we don't see arise until, you know, they've retired and they stop playing the game. And, and, you know, just, just with age and whatnot, you know, the, the deterioration of the brain or, you know, uh, some of the other things that are happening to them, you know, and, and they go and they say, hey, something's wrong with me. I'm not okay, you know, whether it be mental health wise or, or something that drives them to put their mental health in, in jeopardy. Um, they're not, they need to do wellness checks on these players, yeah. Periodically, and, you know, and, and these players should be getting the best medical treatment, you know, all of them, because they're all putting pretty much putting their life on the line for this fucking sport. Yeah. You know, and as, as entertaining as it is, like, is it worth it? And you know, what's crazy is you don't see this nearly as much in hockey and in hockey. The impacts are from greater distance and at much greater speeds. Well, with less padding, less equipment. I'm just talking about the the head, but yeah, like the, a lot of these guys don't wear because, uh, visors yeah, or face shields. Because of the the velocity that the players are hitting each other at, it creates a bigger impact. They're than not the as players, big, but it, th- it there's matter. a lot more force to it. You know, a 225 pound guy hitting a 190 pound guy at you know, 45 miles an hour is going to be, you know, more significant than, you know, a 260-pound guy hitting a 225-pound guy at, you know, 18 miles an hour. But here's the main difference, though. In hockey, hockey isn't the game that it used to be. 
you know, they've omitted a lot of the physical aspects of hockey. Now, don't get me wrong. There are still some pretty there still epic fights. fights. And but it's they've still changed. pretty physical, but they've changed There's the no game. There's no glass anymore. It's, you know, plexiglass, so guys, it'll, it'll flex out. Right. It doesn't just There's shatter. Some, right. There's a little bit of give to it, so that impact isn't going to be as forceful. Yeah, it absorbs it's not going to be as hard. Uh, um, you know, they've done some things to not only change the game, but change the surroundings in the name of player safety. We haven't necessarily seen it to that extent when it comes to football. Yeah, it's not nearly as... Um, as uh, It's not as thorough. Yeah. It's not as, you know, they don't... The NHL is constantly looking at, you know, this is an issue. This is an issue. And how can we address it? How can we make it better versus the NFL? You know, and, and this is a sport where, you know, it's the guy's job to tackle each other. So you think that the NFL would be constantly, uh, you know, looking at the sport, looking into things, um, you know, researching the sport. But, you know, it, it, it's it's all for entertainment purposes. And people like watching football the way it is. That's what makes money. And we like we spoke about last week, you know, the NFL is just this big cash cow. That's their primary concern. It's not player safety. It's not the safety of those who are around the players. Right. It's, it's making just, money. It's their income. Yeah. So uh, moving on uh, to talk about the thing that dropped Right after we uh, had published our episode, uh, Matt Stafford is now a Ram and Jared Goff is a Lion. So Stafford goes to the Rams and the Lions get Goff, a first-round pick in 2022, first-round pick in 2023, and a third-round pick in 2021. So this year they get a third-round pick, which you know could, could be something, could be nothing. But two first-round picks and a quarterback who is selected number one overall. That's pretty crazy for another quarterback who is also uh, selected number one overall. And the Rams have jumped into uh, one of my top uh, top picks for the Super Bowl next year uh, because of this. Because Stafford, man, that guy, you know, he almost never misses games. He's a, He just comes out. I've always liked Matt Stafford. You know, the, the knock against him is he wasn't able to win in the playoffs. Uh, they rarely even get to the playoffs, but I think with this team, with this defense around him, I mean, the Lions were mismanaged forever. Like, it's not his fault. He's had one playmaker over his career, and it was uh, Calvin Johnson, who got mismanaged and treated poorly, and that's just the way it is. Um, so I think that this is going to be a huge, huge uh, upgrade at quarterback for the Rams. So look the fuck out for the Rams next year. Uh, another quarterback was traded uh, after hearing all kinds of like, oh, he's going to go for, you know, three first round picks. And, you know, there's eight teams interested. No, Carson Wentz went to the Colts for a second and third round pick. Wow. Which could become first rounders depending on his performance and whether or not the team makes it into the playoffs. So. Here's another guy who was, you know, a very high – I think he might have been one or two or three. Like, he was a top three pick. And, you know, he was on his way to an MVP season before he got hurt, and Nick Foles took over and won the Super Bowl for him. But this is a guy who's never finished a season. He can't finish a season. He gets hurt all the time. They gave him a huge extension, which was I, I was against at the time. And I've said this about Carson Wentz 
for years. He has the physical skills and he has the tools to be a good quarterback. I just don't think he really wants it. Um, as soon as he got benched, he came out and was like, I want to be traded. I don't want to be a backup. It's like, well, what have you done? You know, there was all these people that came out and were like, oh, well, you know, he doesn't have any weapons and he can't do anything. Like, look at the team around him. Jalen Hurts comes in, plays his first game and wins and, like, just blows his numbers out of the water. Like, he, with the same team, he came out and played a really great game. So it wasn't the weapons. It was Carson Wentz. Right. If you're going to be unreliable – then that's on you. That's not on your team. Yeah, it's um, – you can give him a bit of a, a pass. Like, he did He did get sacked a lot, but that's because he held on to the ball, you know, too long. Not always his fault. Like, it's a 50-50 thing. Like, he could have played better, as evidenced by the fact that Jalen Hurts played better. Uh, and I think he is a superior quarterback to Jalen Hurts, but I think he has to want it and his heart has to be into it. Maybe reuniting with his coach, Frank Reich, who was uh, on the staff, I think he was the offensive coordinator or quarterback's coach for um, for Philadelphia the year they won the Super Bowl. A lot of people are saying, like, all right, once he gets back with this guy and they have a one of the best offensive lines in football and they have a really good defense and, you know, the offense wasn't – I mean, they, they made it to the playoffs and played really, really well. Like, they played the Bills really tough uh, with Phillip Rivers. Like, they gave up 19 sacks last year with Phillip Rivers, who has the mobility of a tree. Like, you know <laughs> – <laughs> Wentz can move around in the pocket, so if they can protect him and he can, like, Reich can get his head out of his ass, uh, I think that – I'm talking about Wentz's head out of Wentz's ass. I think that, you know, they could be a a, a, a player in, in the playoff picture, but that remains to be seen. Now, what does this mean for the Eagles? They are now absorbing $33 million in dead cap money, which is an NFL record. If I could whistle, I would do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the winds of change blowing. Because <laughs> uh, that's what the Eagles going to be looking for, change. Like, uh, change. check your couch cushions. Uh, because they also released Deshaun Jackson, who uh, I'm not surprised because he has missed 24 of the 32 games that he's played in or the Eagles have played over the past two seasons since he got uh, reacquired from Tampa. Uh, and that's another $5.8 in dead cap money. So you're looking at almost $40 million in dead cap money. Wow. That's Ugh. That's insane. But the biggest news, and you know, if we were a daily show, we would have already covered this. But the biggest news: J.J. Watt released by the Texans. Uh, and this again, you know, people are probably going to get on me for the fact that I say this a lot, but there is definitely a racial bias in the NFL. But J.J. Uh, Watt's like, I want to leave. I want to leave the Texans. Okay, here you go. Deshaun Watson says, I want to leave the Texans. So like, we're not trading you. I mean. I will point out the obvious differences. J.J. Watt is getting older and has had injury issues throughout his entire career. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson is like 24, 25, plays the most important uh, position in all of sports and, you know, has a huge future ahead of him and led the league in passing despite the team being 4-12. and 12. However, they're treating him differently um, like then other teams have treated their quarterbacks in the past. 
and you know releasing JJ who was making a ton of money you know is going to save them some releasing Deshaun is going to hurt them but they could get a massive haul of players and picks if fucking Matt Stafford got a number one overall pick two first rounders and a third rounder if they wanted to if they wanted to trade him to the Dolphins or the Jaguars or they probably wouldn't trade him to the Jaguars that's within the division but they could trade him to the Jets they could get Sam Darnold which you're like oh well Sam Darnold's not that good fine you know it doesn't matter but remember this team was 4 and 12 with Deshaun Watson how much worse are they going to be without him what 2 and 14 like, is that really a huge difference? That just gives you a, a shot at a quarterback next year. But the Jets have the number two overall pick. Flip flip uh, Darnold to some other team, get another draft pick. Mm-hmm. You could probably get three first-rounders, including the fact that this one is going to be number two overall, and this draft is loaded with QBs. You get rid of him, get three or four draft, you know, three first-round picks, three second-round picks, you know, and you're going to save money because now you're not paying a quarterback $30, $40 million. You're not paying J.J. Watt. You can rebuild, but you have this fucking stockpile of draft picks. J.J. Watt was not going to get you that stockpile of draft picks because he's 33 and has that injury history. This year was the first year, I think, or maybe the second year in his career that he's played all 16 games, and he had like five and a half sacks. So there are a few different uh, thoughts on where – JJ is going to end up. What? Do you think he'll retire? No, absolutely not. He's ring chasing. He's never sniffed because he's always going against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And they finally had a good team together and they got rid of the best wide receiver in football, arguably, in uh, uh, D Hop, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and they just kept getting rid of guys and getting rid of guys. They got rid of one of the best left tackles. So. The team was terrible. I mean, that's partly Bill O'Brien's fault, but the team was terrible. Um, Everybody's unhappy. Nobody wanted the coach around anymore because he was a scumbag. And and the other big thing, you know, when I say they're being treated differently, if you go to Houston and you look at their program or any of their advertising for the team, everywhere you fucking go, it's not uh, Deshaun Watson. It's J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt is everywhere all over this. So, yeah, it's uh, it's tough, but I definitely think they're being treated differently. Again, I know that there's different criteria, but J.J. Watt was the face of that franchise, especially after the $20 million he donated and the time that he donated after the hurricane a few years ago. Mm-hmm. This was like this was J.J. Watt's team and his city. So uh, I don't think he will retire. I think he will ring chase. Uh, So some folks are saying Tampa. Some folks are saying uh, Kansas City. Uh, I kind of lean towards Kansas City myself. Um, I also think he could go play for the Steelers. Why the Steelers, you ask? Well, everybody knows that his brother TJ plays defense, but not a lot of people realize that his brother Derek is a fullback. So he could go play professional football with both of his brothers. 
Although it depends on you know how how crazy his brothers drive him. Because sometimes when you're doing stuff with your brothers, uh, you guys te- you, you tend to argue and fight a lot, and it doesn't always work out as well as you might hope. You know, not that I would know anything about you're that. You're not speaking from experience at all. No, uh, but. You know, uh, it can be fun to do do something like that, and uh, it would be an interesting experience, I, I would say. Um, there are reports that he wants to go to Cleveland. Now, Cleveland, I think, is several steps away from uh, from being a contending team, and this all comes back to the play of Baker Mayfield, who, while some people think he had a great season last year, he was middle of the pack in yards. He was middle of the pack in touchdowns. Um, you know, not that yards means anything. Again, Deshaun Watson led the league in yards with, you know, like 4,200 or 4,800 or whatever the hell it was, threw for almost 5,000 yards on a team that won four games. So, you know, a lot of this time is if you're from, if you're losing all the time and you have to throw to try and catch up and make up for that score, um, yeah, you're going to rack up a lot of garbage time yards. So, you know, yards don't mean much to me. Touchdowns, on the other hand, yeah, yeah, he was middle of the pack with touchdowns. They had one of the best uh, running attacks in all of football. But uh, running attacks don't do anything for you in uh, today's NFL. Um, you know, Tom Brady wasn't handing the ball off 45 times a game to, uh, to, to win. And the Chiefs don't, you know, hand the ball off 55 times in order to uh, rack up all the points that they have. No. Uh, it's a passing league. It's a it's a vertical passing league. So if you can't do that, you know, you're not really going to go far. And like Aaron Rodgers, uh, Baker Mayfield is a front runner. He is 0 and 8 in his or 0 and 10 in his career when trailing by eight points or more in the second half of games, which is ridiculous you know it's not that's not good at all like you know again to bring up a guy that we talked about earlier Matt Stafford has you know more fourth quarter comebacks than just about Mm -hmm. anybody in the in the NFL outside of like Tom Brady and Derek Carr I think they're like the top three active players right now for fourth quarter comebacks you know Aaron Rodgers as good as he is is not a guy who's going to bring you from bring you back from behind if you're trailing Russell Wilson sure but you know until this guy proves that he can win a game when trailing. I mean, look at fucking, uh, you know, the first couple of years of uh, Patrick Mahomes' career. I mean, he has more 10-point-plus co- comebacks in his career in the playoffs, and, like, most of them came last year. I mean, again, to Deshaun Watson's Houston Texans, they were down 24 to nothing, and they won that game 44 to 24. Like, that's insane. If you are, if you're playing the, the, the Browns and you get down and, you know, you get them down early, that's it. You don't have to worry about them coming back because that's not something that Baker Mayfield can do. So, I would think that if J.J. Watt went to Cleveland, that it would definitely improve. I think any team he goes to would improve them because he is still a high-octane, high-power player. Um, I'd like to see him on the Rams or the Steelers, especially although, you know, it depends. The Steelers are thinking, you know, there, are, there are reports that the Steelers are thinking about parting ways with Roethlisberger, which would make sense because the guy's arm is shot based on what we saw last year. Um, I don't know. 
I think that uh, it would be a good idea for him to go to one of these uh, ring-chasing teams. Maybe Tampa, especially if uh, Shaq, uh, yeah, Shaq Barrett leaves, if they can't afford him, although I think they'll bring him back. But some of these guys, Ndamukong Sue is going to leave. He's going to go be a mercenary and get, like, you know, over the last couple of years of his career, make, like, $30 million. But I think he'll turn out to be more like Albert Hainsworth now that he got his ring. But we'll see. Uh Slashes, you got anything else you want to add before we uh, sign off? <gasps> pirate. That's fair. Mm, That's fair, yeah, Pirate. Something to think about. All right. So, do you have a hot take, a prediction, or disagree with something we said? Let us know at theloudestsportshow at gmail.com. Follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are loudest underscore show. Instagram, at theloudestsportshow. And uh, next week, we will be back on our regular day, on our Friday, with... Uh, Jay from It's uh, Go Time with Jay and James. And uh, until then, be awesome. And, uh, you know, I'll leave you with uh, what we always used to say around here. And uh, we'll see you next week. Good night. Good night. I love you. Peace out. I'm out of here. <laughs>